The mainstream media loves to shy away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat Podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going to have to force the cameras to go down there and see firsthand what's happening. Um, um, have our some of our Congress members who may not have gone down there, or Democrat Congress members who haven't gone down there, see firsthand what's happening. Um, because basically what you're seeing is the Biden administration is acting as logistical transport su- support mm. for our... It's really incredible, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be here with you. I am Brett Waterville in for Dana on The Dana Show uh, today. It is a pleasure to join you from uh, uh, just outside the environs of the Queen City, WBT, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Beth Van Dyne is 100% right. She represents the district, Texas 24, which is kind of between uh, uh, Fort Worth and Dallas, like that that neighborhood, uh, Irving, Texas, you know, all that sort of stuff, uh, cowboy country. It, it It's incredible to see the disconnect between this White House and reality. I know we shouldn't be shocked as we're moving into, what are we moving into? Uh, year, uh, year two, year full two? Is that what we're coming up on? Yeah. And and and, and getting this feeling of uh, absolute insolence. That's the word. It's really insolence. This White House does not respect the people who live in the border states. They, they have gone to war for all intents and purposes with the people who live in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and California. I think they kind of like the flow of people coming in, though. You don't ever really hear anything about that in, in the state of California. But but even when you move into the Gulf Coast and then over to Florida, the states that are represented by conservatives, conservative governors, uh, conservative legislatures have been targeted for maximum destruction by the Biden administration. And what do you have happening here? By the way, Merry Christmas. This is the Biden administration's present to you. Joe Biden and the Biden family, I don't know if Hunter's going or not, Lord knows what that could look like, uh, but you have the uh, Biden family jetting out of town. That's right, they spent Christmas at the White House, they did their their duty, and now they're going to St. Croix. They may already be in St. Croix, and they're going to spend the next couple of weeks there uh, into the new year while Title 42 is going to grenade. It, it It's... It's disgraceful to look at the numbers. I say this as somebody, I've said this before on the program, who grew up for an extended period of time uh, in far west Texas at the border, in El Paso, right across the border from Juarez. And so I understand, I have seen a healthy border. I have lived a healthy border. I have had my friends who are who are a part of this. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, this administration has decided that you in those states most affected, and I know every state's a border state, but Texas has really taken a, a hammer in here, um, that you have to be uh, made to uh, to heal. And I don't mean to heal as in like you're sick. I mean to heal in that, uh, bend that knee to the, to the Biden White House. And there's a strategy here. This is a hugely important thing to note. The strategy is to break you, as Ivan Drago uh, famously uh, told Rocky Balboa in the uh, in the movie uh, Rocky. What was it four? Right, Rocky four, uh, taking on the uh, the Soviet menace. They want to break you. Why? Because you vote the wrong way. And and I'm dead serious when I say this. This is about the unmaking of the entire legacy of the Trump administration. But most specifically, it is about unmaking border security. 
Now, we live in a world that is incredibly dangerous, remarkably dangerous. You have Al-Qaeda, you have ISIS, you have drug traffickers, you have cartels, you, you have um, a fentanyl murdering 100,000 people a year and nobody says anything. When's the last time you saw a report on ABC, NBC, CBS? When's the last time you saw any kind of a, of a deep dive into the people who have lost their lives? You'll see it on Fox. You'll, you'll see it over there on Newsmax once in a while. You'll see these packages that talk about their kids um, consuming uh, narcotics that killed them, which is the point. This is chemical warfare. It's been established. Uh, the cartels control the border. The cartels control vast swaths of territory in the United States, going all the way up into Northern California, where the Wheaties like to grow their wheat. And so you have a situation where the... White House has decided you are a legitimate enemy combatant in, in terms of how they're going to approach you. So if you go to Texas and you live in Texas, you're somebody who doesn't count quite as much as someone who lives in Chicago, Manhattan, Washington, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, the failing and dying dead blue cities and the failing and dying uh, blue uh, suburbs. The White House will pay attention to you if your concern is climate change or Schwanza, as Nancy Pelosi talked about. We'll get into that in a little bit. But they don't really care to address your needs, your issues, your worries when it comes to the border. They're not going to do anything about fentanyl. It's it's an incredible thing to think about this. It's like taking two magnets uh, that 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 are both positively charged and trying to push them together. That's Biden and Harris at the border. They are automatically repelled um, from being a part of any kind of a solution. So what is the answer? Well, if you look at the numbers that are going on down there at the border, you have got uh, about four hundred and twenty thousand people that'll be uh, on on pace to come into the United States. Four hundred and twenty thousand people per month. I'm sorry, did I leave out the per month? Yes, 420,000 people per month are going to make that run for the border not to get Taco Bell, because that's a whole other deal. But they're going to make a run for the border to get into the United States, knowing that this is part of a strategy articulated and implied by the administration. What's the plan? The plan is this, and I'll give you an analogy that you may have heard from your dad or your grandparents. Let's say dad or your grandpa got caught smoking behind a barn. That's right, he was smoking a pack of Lucky Strikes back in the old, bad old days when people smoked cigarettes, right? And what happens when the grown-up goes and finds him smoking the cigarettes behind the barn? Well, you know the old rule, right? Oh, you really want to be a smoker? Smoke the whole pack of cigarettes and make yourself sick. That was the way they would deter people back once upon a time. Okay, kid, you want to smoke? You're going to smoke the whole pack. You're going to turn green. You're never going to want to smoke again. That's the strategy of the Biden administration. They're saying, okay... You don't want to give us amnesty? We're going to flood the border with 420,000 people a month with the end of Title 42 so that you will at some point say, uh, uncle, 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 or T-O-T-O-T-O, -T -O -T -O, depending on how you want to spell it. But they, they will tell you, you need to bend your knee to King Joe Biden and, uh, and, and Queen uh, Kamala Harris the two border jumpers, they don't want to go anywhere near the border, but you have got to buy into the notion of the security that's going to come with an amnesty. Because remember, since he's been president and he lifted 42 because he got the orders from Ron Klain, the White House chief of staff, to sign that, that order, 
you've you've got better than a million and a half people that have come into the country, probably closer to two million, on top of the 15, 16, 17 million that have come in. And I am pro-immigration in a legal fashion. This is unacceptable by any metric. What they are attempting to do is make it so miserable for the American people with this with this chaos that is coming into our nation that they want you to pick up those phones and call your representatives and say give him whatever he wants we we have got to supply them with another six or seven million new voters uh to to replace the ones that 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 are aging out and, and heading on down the highway this is what they have planned and i'm telling you that's exactly the strategy as he sits there in in saint croix with those toes in the sand and he's sitting there eating the ice cream cone in the heat and the vanilla ice cream is dripping down his chin and he's wiping it with his forearm he's dreaming of you all relenting now you can't let them relent you absolutely can't I got some great sound coming up here in a few minutes uh, breaking this stuff down one other story though to get to very quickly as I know we're due for a break in a matter of moments Kamala Harris was at the Naval Observatory there in Washington DC when a group of migrants were brought in by bus to Washington, D.C., and you all know how cold it was this past weekend. You know how cold it was through the entirety of the country, but especially in D.C. and, and, and our northern climate. She made sure that the local shelter folks uh, were able to just get them off her lawn, get them away from the Naval Observatory so she and Doug Emhoff could celebrate the holidays uh, in peace and quiet. And people are starting to ask the questions, wait, wait a minute, why wouldn't you welcome these migrants into the warmth of your home? Did you learn nothing from the Christmas story? I don't mean the Red Rider BB gun. I'm talking about the original Christmas story. There was no room at the inn at the Naval Observatory. So, so, so they went and had these folks relocated to an appropriate municipal holding center. That's, that's the charity you get from the modern progressive liberal who's desperate to see the American people taught the lesson that they want taught. I am Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Growing up Kwanzaa was always a special time. We came together with generations of friends and family and neighbors. There were never enough chairs, so my sister and I and the other children would often sit on the floor, and together we lit the candles of the Kanara, and then the elders would talk about how Kwanzaa is a time to celebrate culture, community, and family. It is such a great time of the year to get together with family and to um, celebrate and to talk about culture and to talk about, uh, well, I mean, Hanukkah is just uh, just uh, concluded, which is an incredible uh, miracle. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Christmas miracle. I mean, this is, this is such a special time of the year. I, I, whenever I hear Vice President Harris talk about um, her personal experiences, what, 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 whatever they may be, right, depending on who she's being interviewed by or she's uh, making a speech. I always hearken back to, you guys remember 
You guys remember that claim she made when she was still a presidential candidate, was not yet a vice presidential candidate, and, and she said that she went out there and marched to try to, uh, to, try to get the, um, the schools desegregated there in, in Oakland, California, and, and her and her mom were marching, and she uh, said they asked her, what did you want? And she said, freedom! Remember she said that? She, she tells a lot of stories. I mean, I'm wondering, how, there, there's a lot of Biden rub-off there, right? I mean, because he tells stories that may not have ever even occurred, or if they did, it was uh, centuries before he was alive, uh, which is, you know, one of those things. And so she likes to tell these stories, too. She's trying to, I think she's trying to show a softer side. Um, she is somebody who was really most well-known for just the viciousness in attacking Brett Kavanaugh when he was, uh, uh, you know, nominated for the Supreme Court, uh, and then and then became one of the Avenattiites and all those folks who were just going absolutely stark raving mad. It's always nice to see the softer side of her, where she talks about the the the, the great traditions uh, that she uh, has participated in with her family members, listening to the elders. And now look at it now she's the vice president to Joe Biden, who is very elderly. And she gets to hear from the elder every day. And the elder tells her, you know, what what they're going to do today and what they're not going to do. Today. And what they're not going to do today, by the way, because she is a work in progress, according to the elder Biden. Uh, remember, that was that was something that's in a book that they wrote. She's a work in progress. Um, what they are not going to do ever, ever, ever is go to the border. They're not going to go to San Diego. They're, they're not going to go to Tijuana. They're, they're not going to go out to Nogales. They're not going to go out to New Mexico. They're not. They're going going anywhere. They must have a big map up on the wall with a bunch of red ink that says "Don't go here." This is our kryptonite. If we're filmed or videoed, or we we do a TikTok from down there in Santa Teresa, New Mexico, or Eagle Pass, we're doomed for. That's that's something we cannot do under any circumstances. You know what we can do right now, though. The big, the quick five. Big five. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I love the quick five. I love these new revelations coming out of uh, Twitter. We're finding out that the entirety of the White House was uh, designed to uh, work together to create censorship conditions uh, if you were to uh, try to do anything uh, that contradicted the official party line. I mean, uh, my gosh, Ben Dominich says that it's impeachable. For the Biden gang to silence free speech. And even Brit Hume was saying uh, just in the last couple of days that this is pure censorship 100% of the time. Airline crisis due in large measure to what, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I submit to you that all these flights that were canceled, yes, it was part of it being weather, but it's also because they fired all those pilots who otherwise would be working and flying those friendly skies, wouldn't they? I mean, that's essentially what we've got that we're dealing with here. When you break down the uh, the current mess at all the airports, I saw one poor guy. He was at the airport at Logan uh, in Boston. And the poor guy says he can't get a flight out till December 31st. So that's five days hence. Maybe he can get a car rental, not just have to live in the airport, but like the Tom Hanks movie when he was living in the airport. 3,000 Southwest flights were canceled, by the way. That's a huge circumstance. New York and California have been hemorrhaging residents like you wouldn't believe. The woke oak exodus out of California and New York. They've lost a half a million residents since July of 2020. What that means is the tax bills 
are going to be going up much higher on those who stay behind and uh, really wish that they didn't stay behind. It's awfully hard to sell your house when you don't have people coming in to buy the house. While you're in the happiest place on earth, Disney, there in California, don't forget to get a $185 shot. No, not not a medical shot, a shot of uh, Louis the Thirteenth. That's what they're charging for one shot with the waffle shot. $185 for a drink at Disney. Still, though, much cheaper, much cheaper than what you would be laying out to actually get a ticket to go to Disney. You know, you got to consider that trade-off, right? And then I love this one. Wacko writer claims that Louisa May Alcott was transgender. That's right. She's uh, writing a new analysis of the Little Women uh, franchise and the author, uh, Louisa May Alcott. And uh, this writer is concluding that she was clearly transgender and identified as a man because of things she said to her friends. This is really amazing. Louisa May Alcott's been deceased for a very long time. What I'm wondering is, why don't you get together, sit around a table, and do one of them seance things? I'm not really endorsing that. I don't believe in doing that. But nevertheless, ask her. You could ask her. You could say, hey, how did you identify? Are you trans? Are you cis? Are you any of these things? Interesting stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Plenty more straight ahead, including who doesn't want Biden to run? I'm Brett Whittable, The Dana Show. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Last night I had to bring in the National Guard. The conditions, the blinding snow, the zero visibility, absolute whiteouts. Uh, It may go down as one of the worst in history. People are comparing this to the dreaded blizzard of 77, where Buffalo first got its reputation for having an unprecedented amount of snow. We broke that record again a month ago. So it's very clear to me that the effects of climate change are wreaking havoc everywhere. Ah, the effects of climate change. Kathy Hochul, who is in the unenviable position of having to worry about the the numbers of fatalities on the roads, and not just in the state of New York specifically, but Buffalo and and environs, because that storm, this this storm that came through just uh, before Christmas, uh, and and still uh, the the country is is still very cold as a result of this um, is is absolutely shocking. But it's climate change. Uh, she's she's able to say it's climate change. The only thing that that she is now not doing is saying it's climate change, and we need to ban automobiles and tractor trailer trucks, semi tractor trailer trucks, um, any of that sort of stuff. Everybody's got to go green. Except there's only one problem with that. If she decides that. It's climate change and it's man caused climate change and it's specifically being caused by the people driving around in the state of New York. Then she's going to have to figure out a much better way to get people to and from because uh, you, you can have the evil, nasty fossil fuels in the tank of your car and your car will keep running. But once the battery goes down to zero in your little electric car you're going to be in a much tougher situation because if if you were to, say, find yourself uh, stranded on the New York State Thruway uh, or, or or any of the, uh, the different highways uh, that are there in the Empire State, you'd be hard-pressed to be able to uh, get that car charged fast. We don't have the ability to just pull a battery out of an electric car and drop another battery in, although that would just like be the greatest technology ever, right? Just just swap them out, 
and let them keep going down the road. Fossil fuels are really what this economy runs on. Most people can't afford a $70,000, $90,000 electric car that takes you 250 miles, and then you got to you know charge it up for another four hours. I mean, these are all the real challenges. But she wanted to be sure that we were blaming uh, the climate change uh, and get out there in front because she's an influential person. Now, it is curious to me that she called out the National Guard for the storm, but you would never see her call out the National Guard to protect life and property in communities that are ravaged by violence in the state of New York, right, because of the bail reform laws. But it's very important to understand, Kathy Hochul, President Biden, Pete Boot Edge Edge, uh, and, and the whole crew that, that are agitating and pushing for uh, the remake of the American economy based on what is essentially a religious belief. You've had uh, people uh, decide that they were going to get back to the idea of throwing the virgin into the volcano to try to satiate uh, Mother Gaia rather than than actually coming up with some kind of a, of a decent uh, solution. And when you get to the numbers of the people, I mean, I've seen numbers as high as, you know, 70, 75 people that may have lost their lives in this storm. Uh, it is a deadly serious issue that needs to be addressed. And let's be honest, if the people of the state of New York were honest and, and, and really were going to get accountability, they would hold hearings there in the legislature to find out what Kathy Hochul knew and what Kathy Hochul did um, in, in the run up to the storm. Because this, this storm did not just materialize. This was not a flash flood or a derecho. This was something that we were watching creeping across the United States of America from, the, from, from Manitoba all the way down into the Midwest. We saw this for a week in advance. Now, we didn't know how much snow they were going to get in Buffalo. Nobody can know that Buffalo gets snow in the winter time. Oh, but no, they do. Just had one a month and a half ago. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. So this can be known. This can be known. The roadways could be shut down. They could have shut the highways down. They could have done all those sorts of things. And I'm not, look, I don't want to try to, you know, second guess somebody as smart as Kathy Hochul. But, you know, when lives are on the line, politicians are nowhere to be seen until after the event where they can then point fingers. That, that, is an, that is an absolute lockdown fact. The only time you'll see politicians showing up after an event is to point fingers and offer no solutions. And you know what the old line will be? I talk about it oftentimes on my show here in Charlotte. The system failed. That's the go-to. That is the magic phrase that any politician can use for any possible reason. Insurrections, riots... Uh, natural disasters, hurricanes, floods, crisis at the border, the system failed. Unfortunately, the system failed, and we don't have any. FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, system failed. Uh, what else you got there on the board? Let's see, anything else you got there on the board? Uh, yeah, the Me Too movement, well, the system failed uh, because people... You know, we're, we're very upset about things, and the system failed. Uh, Louisa May Alcott might have been trans. The system failed. We don't know. Now we have to assume that we, we have uh, things to, to explain to you. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier uh, in, the, in that quick five, uh, I wanted to take a quick peek 
at this story moving about the exodus because you have to be concerned if you're living in 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 las vegas if you're living in texas northern new mexico you are going to get californians heading your way who are fleeing the scene and oftentimes these may not be the conservatives that are going to try to try to get on board with that conservative worldview they are usually liberals who have just had it with crime and and uh the the lunacy on the streets of san francisco and la woke exodus california and new york have each lost more than a half a million residents since april of 2020 democrat strongholds each shed upwards of 500,000 residents in two years that's still only 80,000 more than are going to be crossing the border every single month by the way uh because of title 42 just just so you know i mean the bidens are are, are more than going to make up for these people who have flown out of california and out of new york by replacing them with people who are going to be coming in 420,000 a month uh soaring rents crime rates and high taxes have contributed to the mass exodus well it's a it's actually also the fact that it's very hard to build houses okay C city and states are sitting back and they're saying now wait a minute hold on we don't hate this if we're in texas necessarily because we're having a bunch of people coming in they're bringing their jobs they're, they're they're doing their business and in addition of course you know uh you you've got uh, people who are who, who are going to florida right new york is going to florida california is going to texas everybody just stay out of south carolina just stay take take your liberalism and leave it just north of that south carolina border you just you you leave it there in the uh in the tar heel state they, they they got a lot of liberals in charlotte and in raleigh and and you're that's that's really good but don't don't go to the state that sells you fireworks and abc stores right at the border that's south carolina just leave south carolina alone just keep on driving you got georgia's right there in california where once a year massive wildfires and treacherous mudslides threatens threaten homes the population dips slightly more than 508,000 people who have left you know who that's bad for the schools it's bad for the schools bad for the unions uh, they're they're looking at the demographers and the demographers are saying it's the cost of housing it's really not the cost of housing you get paid fairly well in the state of california but i'm going to tell you what it really is it's crime it's crime and violence and lunacy on the streets and most importantly ladies and gentlemen let's be honest it's lunacy in wash in, in in sacramento not not because of homeless people running around sacramento but the actual legislature uh, in sacramento the state senate in the state of california in sacramento and of course the the the, the loon in chief himself gavin any twosome newsome who sees a president every time he wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror says you know i had a i had a run i had to get in that race and really make really make america liberal again mullah that's right mullah that's what we're going to do that's what we should be doing to fix this country uh same thing in albany though right i mean you got kathy hochel my gosh what what is your choice kathy hochel or lee zeldin i know lee zeldin too radical for the people in new york state but this is a uh, this is a troublesome reality let me just put one warning on the back of this real quick and this is important to understand if you do keep draining the blue states of any conservative voters um it does get much more complicated to try to retain the house and the senate because you do need red voters to at least give you some conservatives that'll be in the congressional delegation i i think there's maybe one or two uh there in the state of california that are that are true conservatives 
that still remain, and they are in the uh, the hinterlands. Okay, Kevin McCarthy's technically sort of one of them. Yes, I know. Mike Garcia, yes, he's a good guy, too. There's a number of these guys that are great, but there's like four of them. And the delegation's got like 58. So you, you see what I'm doing here. I am Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Uh, you know, look, I am getting a lot of encouragement to run for the Senate uh, from people in California and, and colleagues here in Congress. Uh, if Senator Feinstein uh, retires, uh, then I will give it very serious consideration. Oh, you know him as Adam Shifty Schiff, the uh, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. And the guy who is also very famous for J6 as well. He says he's thinking very seriously about running for Senate if DiFi uh, resigns or leaves or something happens to DiFi, he's uh, he's fully committed. In fact, can I hear that clip again, Stephen? I want I want to hear that clip just one more time, real quick. If you can, if you fire that thing up, uh, you know, look, I am getting a lot of encouragement to run for the Senate uh, from people in California and and colleagues here in Congress. Uh, if Senator Feinstein uh, retires, uh, then I will give it very serious consideration. If she retires. But I love that I'm getting a lot of people telling me I should run. Uh, excuse me, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, um, I have never met a, a Schiff fan. Like, I've never met someone who goes, my favorite congressman is Adam Schiff. Like, I could run across people who are like, hey, you know, I like Jim Jordan. Hey, hey you know, I like, uh, uh, let's see, who, who else could I could I like? Bob? I'm trying to be a Ro Khanna, right? Ro Khanna is a... A progressive's progressive over there in the state of California. I got news for you. Ro Khanna is much more likely to, to win that seat than you. Adam Schiff, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, Adam Schiff. You are, you are Casper-like. You look like Casper, you're so white. The, the state of California is an incredibly diverse place. Adam Schiff has no, there's no room for Adam Schiff in the Senate delegation. You've got Alex Padilla, who was once upon a time the Secretary of State of the state of California. What are you? You are a guy who only talks about national uh, outrages, right? The Russians, Ukraine, Zelensky, J6. You don't ever talk about the state of California. You probably don't even know where your district is. I guarantee he's got a driver. They pick him up at the airport. They take him through the district, and then he goes and he spends time, you know, at some Tony location. I mean, I'm willing to say Swalwell is more California than you are, Adam Schiff. But he seems to think people want him to be the the, the guy who's going to be in there to take over for DiFi. I'm not buying it. I don't think so. I, I disagree 100%. Uh, you, are, you are the wrong guy for that job on so many levels. You're, 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 you're white. You're wealthy. You went to an elite school. You come from an elite family. You have none of the qualifications to uh, be admitted to a California university at this stage of the game or getting into the Senate fight. I'm just just I don't want to break your heart there, buddy. But you know what? People people pretend to take phone calls when they see you walking towards them so that they don't have to talk to you. That's a terrible thing, right? Did you see the Democrats, Adam Schiff included, are uh, are coming out and proposing a penalty for misinformation? 
I don't remember misinformation and disinformation ever being a, a factor until this current crew came into power. But the Democrats are proposing to criminalize election misinformation, to criminalize a thing you could say that's not fighting words, that's not a threat, that's not any of that sort of stuff. They are attempting to outlaw kookery. Kookery, think about this. This this law could easily ensnare uh, anti-Maxine Waters, right, who was going to go to that White House and take 45 out. Remember, that was her exact quote. Democrats are working hard to retain their hold on power. Uh, this is the post-millennial. And nowhere is that motivation clearer than their attack on free and fair voting practices. One of the Democrats' plans is to criminalize what they call election misinformation. Some of the proposals... The New York Times reports include criminalizing election misinformation. The Democrats have used the term, quote, misinformation to refer to information that they believe poses a challenge to their power as regards voting. They have said that it is misinformation to state concerns about ballot harvesting, mail-in voting, or even concerns over misprinted ballots that are unable to be read by voting machines. Well, in Maricopa County, Arizona, election officials had to apologize for broken machines during the 2022 midterm elections. Concerns over voting integrity in that state are called misinformation anyways. In 2020, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, pressed for mail-in voting to be expanded to prevent the spread of COVID. You can get COVID from a ballot? How's that happen? She said that it would protect the integrity of the election. The push was made through 2020. Arguments against mail-in voting being the best way to vote have been called misinformation. Meanwhile, entire mechanisms of voting were upended across the 50 states to accommodate COVID fears. This, this, is, this is the sort of nonsense that they're going to bring to you. They're going to tell you that they want to criminalize misinformation. The fact of the matter is, the progressives are the original progenitors of misinformation. Guns kill people. People don't kill people, right? Guns kill people. No, guns don't get off the cabinet, go come out of the cabinet, don't come out of the gun safe and just kill people uh, of their own accord. What, what else? What, oh, the border is secure? Uh, okay. Uh, what, what else? Uh, Man-made global warming? How dare you? I mean, all of these things, these folks run around telling you all this stuff that they know is not true. I would argue this. If this piece of legislation advances and is codified and is signed into law by one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. laying in the sand all oiled up with the with the goggles on his eyes in St. Croix. If this thing passes and they go to show this to become the next law, I recommend every parent of every public school graduate file a lawsuit arguing that their kids have been subjected to misinformation and turned their minds into mush. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show.
What does it make you think? I, you know, there's the moral side, moral and ethical side of this, and, and there's the political side of this. The political side is pretty easy. The White House needs to message this question, message this issue better, particularly with regards to uh, Latino community, Latino voters. Right? If they don't get this right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a political impact, I think, in interesting and, and serious ways. Oh, Eddie Glaude. Eddie Glaude is a Princeton professor. He's often seen on MSNBC, or as I like to call it, Messy NBC. It's incredible to think all this is is a messaging issue. I'm watching a report right now in real time that shows a a huge football field-sized tent being built out in the desert to hide the migrants from the American people so that, you know, Alejandro Mayorkas and the rest of the uh, wackos that are inside this administration claiming the border is secure, the border is secure, they, they they are all just sitting back there going, we'll just we'll just warehouse them here, put them on a plane, go dump them in a community someplace. We got to get them out of here. We got to we got to distribute these folks all over the country. It this is shameful. And again, I I mentioned this. Welcome to the Dana Show. I am Brett Woodable in for Dana uh, today, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. I mentioned in the beginning of the uh, very first hour that th- this this is a remarkably tone deaf approach. From this administration, Joe Biden, okay, Joe Biden um, and Jill Biden, the president and the first lady are down in St. Croix in the Caribbean. There he is. He's got all that banana oil on him, you know, that he's he's slathering it up so he can get all tan and look really good. He's about, you know, he's getting closer to Boehner, you know, looking like Boehner. Remember Boehner? He, man, he could get some incredible tanning going on. Um, but, but you have Joe Biden, the president of the United States, effectively out of the continental United States. While this crisis is happening at the, I mean, this is a huge story. You would not know, you will not know it at CNN because they're still doing J6. Uh, MSNBC is only doing Ukraine, um, but but this is a huge issue. This is in the last two days, fourteen thousand crossed in one location at one of the border checkpoints. And so when Eddie Glaude comes out and tries to tell you, well, this is a messaging issue. It's not a messaging issue. It's a policy issue. This is the great disconnect that exists in our country. You have a group of people for whom everything is just messaging. Everything is messaging. Uh, no, Twitter didn't do anything wrong by by banning accounts, by banning people's positions, by doing those. No, absolutely not. It's a messaging issue. We just have to get this messaging right. Messaging stinks because the underlying policy stinks. I mean, this is this is the crisis that we're looking at. This is the problem that we're seeing in front of our very eyes. People understand what all this means. When you when you really think about it and you look at these things, it's a mess, but it is a mess that was created. It was made by bad policy. Messaging can't save that. Messaging is is powerless against the realities that we're seeing uh, when it comes to a, a number of different policies. And yet we're told it's just if you can do the messaging just a little better we're all going to be okay everything is going to be cool now i mentioned uh twitter and the the next set of dumps that came out just in the last uh 24 48 hours depending on when you're hearing the program you need to pay attention to these things because there is a lot of stuff in this new dump that is shocking 
You already know about the three and a half million that uh, Twitter got paid by the FBI to censor conservatives. The FBI pressured Twitter to give them information that would require warrants, though they didn't have warrants. So the FBI says, let us just look in the window of these accounts and see if they have weapons or drugs or ideas we disagree with. So the FBI pressured Twitter to give them information that would legally require warrants, though they were too lazy at the FBI to go get the warrants. Leading up to the 2020 election, the FBI held weekly meetings with Twitter and would tell them specifically by name whose tweets to squelch and which accounts they wanted to be suspended. Almost all of them are conservative. The FBI knew the Hunter laptop was real. They knew it was coming out weeks before the 2020 election. They told big tech to expect a Russian disinformation drop and squelch the story. It means the FBI corrupted the election to help Joe win. I mean, that's that's this is election interference by the FBI. It means you haven't had a free and fair presidential election because in 2016, Comey was involved with Hillary. And then they tried to overthrow Trump. Uh, by, by doing uh, Operation Crossfire, uh, uh, you know, uh, wind, Windermere, whatever they wanted to call it. Now you've got Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, now you've got the 2020 election, which means you haven't had a, you have not had a clean presidential election sh- since 2012, a decade ago. It's, I mean, try to explain it to me. You can't. It's no way to explain this. There are so many former FBI's at Twitter that they have their own Slack channel. The FBI was a portal, specifically the San Francisco office, for other government agencies to then lean on Twitter to surveil and censor Americans. Hiding under the title of the Foreign Influence Task Force, actors from local police departments, including the Department of Defense and the CIA, were watching and censoring Americans, not foreigners. The CIA was watching you in America, which is illegal. Twitter wasn't the only big t- big tech firm that did this. They were they were using Verizon, Reddit, Facebook, Microsoft, and Pinterest. What are you spying on Pinterest for? Aunt Sally's recipe? What is the what is the threat? from Pinterest other than boredom. As the 2020 election neared, the FBI, FITF, assailed Twitter with hundreds of requests to censor Twitter accounts and tweets. There were so many requests that Twitter executives had to come up with an internal system to prioritize who they were blocking, removing, and throwing out. FBI employees were tasked with doing word searches on Twitter looking for violations of Twitter policies instead of actually chasing like actual real criminals. The FBI had 80 agents working with big tech companies. Nobody knows the actual number, though, of the Department of Defense and the CIA and how many they had. This, this is your country. This is your government doing this to you. And 
and we're sitting back and we're going, well, it's all fixed now. It's all cool. You, you don't know that they're, you're, they're not still watching you through their own channels. You don't know that they're not aggregating your information. You don't. This is essentially the thing we warn about all the time as conservatives. This is the Chicom social score. Do you play ball appropriately? Are you an outlier? Are you a troublemaker? Well, we're just going to make it really hard for you to communicate. We're going to cancel your account. We're going to we're going to make sure that you get a double screening when you get there at the airport. I mean, all th- th- this is this is the Chinese social credit score. Writ large. Writ massively large. Where are the civil libertarians? Where are the lawsuits? I would think that this is also pushing for the misinformation that we now know Democrats, according to the post-millennial, want to see criminalized. And, and, and yet, and yet, there is no outcry from the typical sort of corners, the ACLU, the ADL, uh, the organizations out there who, uh, who, who are supposed to be the watchdogs of bad government behavior. No, none of that. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. You're uh, you're totally safe. As long as we tell you you're okay, you're okay. You may keep expressing your opinion, but when you run afoul of a government-approved opinion, you may find yourself suspended. I'm, I mean, I'm not advocating for this, and I would never advocate for this, but it gets to the point where you're like, maybe I should call some of these federal agencies and ask them if I'm approved, if I'm Twitter-approved. Can can you can you can can somebody can Admiral John Kirby tell me if I'm approved according to the State Department? Can somebody at the uh, I mean can I be approved? Can you guys get me approval on Register Five, please? I need to be able to post a comment. I'd hate to run afoul of your policies. I am Brett Witterbull. You're listening to the Dana Show. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. And I am Brett Witterbull in for Dana on The Dana Show. It is great to be here with you on this uh, beautiful day. Just uh, two days removed from, from Christmas Day, right? Which means that we still have, what, 10 more days of Christmas, right? The 12 days of Christmas, they always run right after uh, the beginning of the holiday. It is tremendous to be here with you. I hope you're warm. I hope you're safe. I hope you're doing all the good things that uh, that you deserve to uh, be afforded to at, at this time of, of the year. It's nice to kind of relax a little bit and kind of wind down and enjoy uh, some of the some of the blessings of this season. And that's a, a hugely important thing. Uh, I, I, I owe Dana a great bit of uh, gratitude. She sent me a tremendously uh, kind uh, care package, uh, a gift of uh, some of the great uh, Black Rifle uh, coffee, uh, absolutely phenomenal product. Huge fan of it, and I'm a huge fan of, of uh, Dana's uh, endorsement of it. And I, I, I really enjoyed uh, receiving that. It, it helped in the cold mornings. You know what I'm saying? The cold mornings where you, your feet hit the floor and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got to put on two pairs of socks. It's a little too cold out there. Uh, so I'm hoping you are, you are enjoying uh, this Christmas week with an eye towards 2023, which is going to be absolutely uh, remarkable. It's going to be an amazing year for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is getting, starting to get primed up for that, that approach of, uh, of 2024, which will be an election year where uh, the current president, as far as we know as of right now, uh, will, will, will run again, and we'll see, you know, see how, he, how he fares. But this 2023 thing is going to be, 
is going to be a big, big year uh, because you're starting to see people juxtapositioning and getting into different spots where they uh, where they want to uh, uh, be considered as the next leader uh, in this country. Whoever ends up uh, being uh, the leader of this country, uh, they're going to have to deal with the 63% of Americans who want the censorship of Twitter investigated. That's a huge deal. You know what? It's such a huge deal. I think it's time for a quick five. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Let's uh, dig deep into this. A majority of Americans want Congress to investigate whether the FBI was involved in the censoring of the posts on Twitter that we were just talking about. Following new revelations from billionaire CEO Elon Musk's release of the Twitter files, a poll dropped on December 26th indicates 63% of likely voters say Congress needs to probe whether the FBI was involved in censoring information on social media sites. And only 22% oppose the investigation. I think we know who the 22% are. They're, they're Beltway dwellers. They're the people that live in the Beltway that don't want the truth coming out because it's going to make them look bad. The poll was conducted by Rasmussen, found another 15% said they weren't decided, that they couldn't decide. Rasmussen also found 63% believe it's likely the FBI encouraged social media sites like Facebook and Twitter to suppress, silence, or reduce the reach of certain political speech and speakers. This is going to continue to be a huge issue, especially with the likelihood of Kevin McCarthy becoming the next Speaker of the House. He's going to have to balance this appropriately. Don't forget that 46% of the people surveyed view the FBI unfavorably. 50% view the Bureau favorably. I'm not buying that for a minute. It's only really an overage of Democrats who have a favorable opinion of the FBI. Only 34% of Republicans uh, are feeling kind of cynical about it. When it comes to government, it's always the system failing, right? Well, the system failed. We couldn't get our handle on these things. Going back to Mark Tapscott over at the Epic Times, immigration and customs enforcement officials are unable to locate any records of illegal immigrants taken into custody and placed in the federal program to ensure non-detained, non-citizen compliance with release conditions, court hearings, and final orders of removal. That's right. ICE has lost the records on almost 400,000 illegal immigrants or migrants who came into the United States. They don't know where to go looking for these things. They didn't back them up, nor are they hiding them so that these folks will be protected when they decide to file for amnesty. Issue three, enough is really enough. Arizona Governor-elect Katie Hobbs seeks more than $500,000 in sanctions for Carrie Lake and her lawyers. Arizona's governor-elect, who's going to take office just in a few days, asked a judge on Monday for more than a half a million dollars in sanctions against her defeated rival, Carrie Lake, and her lawyers uh, want to be remunerated for frivolous lawsuit filings that took place. The courts are established by Arizona's constitution, and they have statutes to resolve actual disputes between parties, according to the Maricopa County Deputy Attorney Thomas Liddy. He wrote that in a 15-page memo. They do not exist, so candidates for political office can attempt to make political statements and fundraise. And they should be used. They should not be used to harass political opponents. So this thing's going to be heading to court. You know it, and I know it. It's as plain as the uh, nose on your face. 
Elsewhere, Buffalo, we mentioned this earlier, Kathy Hochul saying it's climate change. They've seen the death toll rise to 28, but it's looking like as they get access to more vehicles that have gotten stuck in the storm, that that number is going to go sky high. And this is a terrible tragedy. I'm hoping there's going to be an investigation into what went wrong. And I don't want to hear a single solitary word about the system failing. No way, no how. Finally, it ripped apart Golf Dome, badly damaged in New York blizzard. Popular Golf Dome was ripped apart on Friday with near hurricane force winds and blizzard conditions battering western New York. The WIVB was told uh, that this thing is not salvageable, but the foundation isn't damaged. They're hoping that the foundation isn't damaged and they can put that golfing uh, dome back up. That's a brave thing to try to assemble, ladies and gentlemen. That is Mondo Brave. We got plenty more straight ahead, including what the Russians are saying about Ukraine and peace. I'm Brett Witterbull. This is The Dana Show. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. Between coded messages about Crimea and secret meetings with Russian spies where they asked nicely for Trump to please give them the city of Mariupol, it is clear that Putin's bloodlust for Ukraine and Trump's for the White House were interconnected and intertwined from the very beginning. Oh, that's Nicole Wallace, uh, who has got a program on MSNBC, Messy NBC. I consume a lot of cable television. I, I consume a lot of a lot of media. All right, I, I watch a lot of cable television. I watch a lot of sports uh, uh, broadcast. I want to be sort of aware and in the know on all these things. And I have watched. I watched for the entirety of the Trump administration, the run-up to the Trump administration, the Trump administration, the aftermath of the Trump administration, the J6, all that kind of stuff. And then I, I've been watching this now, and I have come to a conclusion, because you're watching CNN circle the ball, right? I mean, they, CNN is, is, is a failing institution. They've now had to ban alcohol from the hosts uh, on New Year's Eve. To be honest with you, if I were broadcasting on New Year's Eve, I would not have a drink until after the program was concluded for whatever reason the weirdos at cnn think it's funny to watch their hosts get loaded and say inappropriate things and do inappropriate things i mean it's really a, a, a disconcerting thing to look at especially when you consider like cnn is is a global footprint so there are people sitting in like albania and in kazakhstan and and in sri lanka watching cnn going what's wrong with these crazy drunks this is a weird thing to see on New Year's Eve. So they've had to get rid of that, right? And CNN is, is in a, it's in a difficult situation. Watching the anchors who you know are rabid pro Biden partisans, um, it, it's striking to watch that channel and they can't really be naked partisans anymore. So it's kind of like the feeling you have when you rent ill fitting bowling shoes at the bowling alley. They're kind of hot and sweaty inside and you really feel gross, uh, the entire time. That's CNN. MSNBC. It dawned on me about six months ago what they have become. They have become an ongoing um, radio drama on television. They are very much akin to War of the Worlds. And remember that panic that was created by Orson Welles. Now, admit it, look, Orson Welles was a much more creative genius than these people over at MSNBC. But they have had for a, almost a decade a run of 
nefarious actors are looking to take down our country. It's like a red scare on steroids. So you get this person here, Nicole Wallace, who once upon a time was a toady and a lackey for for George, uh, George W. Bush when he was president. Her and, and Schmidt. Uh, they, they, they got caught up. Steve Schmidt and her got caught up in trying to take out, uh, Sarah Palin. I mean, you saw the movies, you saw the, the discussions, you saw the books. These are, these are people that are not serious about politics. So you have to understand when, when you're watching the channels, each of them have a POV. I think people say, okay, Fox is kind of conservative. Uh, Newsmax kind of conservative. Uh, then you've got CNN, which is kind of pathetic. And then you've got MSNBC, which is like a serial program. Tonight on MSNBC, what person is trying to overthrow the democracy today? We'll talk about it. And they have all this like dramatic stuff. They were heavily, heavily influenced by Lawrence O'Donnell. Stop the hammering guy himself, right? Larry O'Donnell, who was one of the producers over on the left wing. I mean, the West Wing. Sorry, slip of the tongue. The West Wing. So they like to pretend that they're setting the tone and setting the tempo. They're really not. They're really not. So why do I bring this up? Because you hear from Nicole Wallace in that clip that we just came in with. That's a bloodthirst. And Putin is working with Trump. And they're having secret meetings and conversations about who gets Mariupol. You want to know the truth about the average American living in our country today? They're worried that they've got to be able to afford, afford the gas or, or, or the oil or the natural gas so they can keep their homes heated this winter because you have a president who decided to go to war with the energy sector. You, you've got a guy who has tapped the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, so that he could artificially lower prices and save his hide when it came to the midterm elections. And but for the fact that you had scratch and dent candidates running in the midterm elections, you would have a majority in the Senate and in the House. But of course, that's a whole other conversation. But what do they see over at MSNBC? They see conspiracies. The democracy is in danger. The democracy is on the ballot. The democracy is in danger. Tune in tonight where we give you a super special look back to 1968 and Richard Nixon when he was mean to a puppy. That's what they do. They're not giving you current information. And the only current information they give is when they can kind of shade um, uh, the, the MAGA messengers or the pro-gun folks, meaning people who respect the Second Amendment, uh, people who respect the First Amendment, including the religious, which is the very first of the First Amendment. They, they, they want to make this all into a good guy, bad guy dynamic. Coming up, a very special interview with somebody who served on the Watergate Committee 60 years ago, 50 years ago. We're going to talk to Jill Weinbanks again, and she's going to tell us how Donald Rumsfeld is really a modern-day Mitchell. No, I mean, this is what they do. It's all made-up nonsense. So she comes out and she says, well, Donald Trump has a bloodlust for getting into the... Uh, get, getting into the relationship with Putin. I, I don't think so. Because I didn't see Putin take any territory while Trump was president, to be honest with you. I saw Trump have a phone call with Zelensky, and I understand that whole situation, but I didn't see anything that was impeachable, and we never even got to hear from the original guy who was really the source, not Vindman, but Eric Charamella, but that doesn't matter. Well, now you've got the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, 
today warning that Ukraine must meet Moscow's demand for demilitarization and denazification, as well as the removal of the military threat to Russia. Otherwise, the Russian army will solve the issue. Let me translate that for you from Soviet speak, because Lavrov's a Soviet. I mean, these are Soviets. I'm not even calling them Russians. They're just Soviets. Lavrov is essentially saying, hey, America, you better stop sending weapons to the Ukrainians or we're going to solve the issue for you. Oh. Do you remember Ronald Reagan being threatened by the, the Soviet Politburo in the entirety of his presidency? I don't remember it once. I remember Ted Kennedy reaching out to, to the Soviets, hoping that he could score an interview with 60 Minutes and, and, and get them to endorse him as an alternative to anybody else who wanted to run for office to take out Ronald Reagan. But I don't remember Ronald Reagan ever once being threatened by the Soviets. At least not in public. I don't remember George H.W. Bush being threatened by the Soviets. Even when we rolled into Iraq and Kuwait. I, I don't remember a single solitary time that Bill Clinton was threatened by the Soviets. I mean, actually threatened by the Soviets. I, I don't I don't remember the Russians threatening Bill Clinton or George W. Bush, though he did take advantage of grabbing Georgia, so that's almost kind of a push. I do remember right after George W. Bush was president, that Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden were president and vice president, and Barack Obama laid down a red line and said to Assad, don't you ever gas your people again, and he rewarded the Russians with a warm water port there in Syria. And then I, re I remember him moving on Ukraine, and we sent blankets, and now I saw the Russians invade Ukraine because Joe Biden's now the president. I don't remember the Russians grabbing an inch of territory at all, despite the fact that we bombed their mercenaries into oblivion in Syria one day. You kind of see in the spectrum, aren't you? Reagan, Bush, part of Clinton. Then you go into the softies, the flaccid presidents, who don't have the spine in their back to defend the country like Barack Obama and, of course, Joe Biden. And now we've lost Ukraine. And now you've got the Russians openly talking about deploying weapons that'll teach us a lesson. You remember that with Eisenhower? Do you remember that with Kennedy? Do, do you remember that with LBJ? Do you remember that with Truman? Do you remember? I don't remember any of those guys getting threatened, except for the last three Democrat presidents. They've gotten pushed around. Why is that? Why is that? Because a pickpocket is going to pick your pocket if they believe they can get away with it. And our president now is laying on the beach, digging pina coladas and taking walks in the rain. I'm Brett Witterbull. This is The Dana Show. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. So I'd like to just talk briefly about another area of substantial misinformation that is directly impacting health equity in our nation. And that is the health equity of sexual and gender minorities. 
There is substantial misinformation about gender affirming care for transgender and gender diverse individuals. We are in this nation facing an onslaught of anti-LGBTQI plus actions at the state levels across the United States, and they are dangerous to the public health. The positive value of gender affirming care for youth and adults is not in scientific or medical dispute. And uh, welcome back. It is The Dana Show. I am Brett Werbel. That's Rachel Levine um, talking about the necessity for gender-affirming care. And if you raise any questions about it, then you are, as, as you well know, you, you, are, you are engaged in misinformation. I, when everything becomes misinformation, nothing is misinformation, right? I mean, isn't that sort of what we've learned? Why is it? That the phrase "my truth" has gone out of out of vogue. Remember, in 2017 and 2018, I have to speak my truth, my truth, my journey, all that sort of stuff. Well, if you disagree and you want to speak your truth, can speaking your truth create misinformation? See, this word has got to be. Think about it this way: Do you remember the first like? 2,500 times you heard the phrase woke and how you kind of gritted your teeth when you'd hear it. You'd be like, really? Woke? Don't we have a better, more elegant word than woke? Isn't there something that we can use to elevate the conversation other than it's woke? Um, this whole this whole idea of misinformation, it feels to me like something that Sergei Lavrov and Vladimir Putin would like... The idea that we have invaded Ukraine is misinformation. Misinformation is such a Soviet term. <laughs> it's absolutely misinformation, gaslighting. These are all those words that they come up with in a literature class in Columbia at Columbia University that nobody takes, but everybody takes incredibly seriously. This is the great disconnect. The the people in the Democratic Party, and I'm not bashing anybody, you vote how you want to vote. It is your God-given right. I will defend your God-given right to vote however you want to vote. But the people in the Democratic Party do this thing. Remember I was telling you about MSNBC? They, they've tried to become like this dramatic serial channel where, where it's like, tonight on The Conspiracy, tonight on Misinformation, this weekend on Woke, you know, whatever it is. And it becomes like this dramatic telling of everything with transcripts and all that sort of stuff. When, when everything is dramatic, nothing is dramatic. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to be a joyous communicator. You have to do all those sorts of things, especially when you're doing radio and television. But don't worry, I know where I'm going here. The Democratic Party claims to be the party of the common man and woman. The hard workers trying to raise a family on one income it's a very difficult thing fight for 15 all this sort of stuff but who inhabits the democratic party like think about this it's it's jeff bezos it's fabulously wealthy president and michelle obama it's the Clintons, it's the Kennedys, it's the Bidens. It is people who are rolling in dough because they are the people who have made it the old-fashioned way. Government. From the days of the Roman times, government. That's how they've paid for their 
their, 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 their junkets and journeys and vacations and all of that sort of stuff. The Democratic Party is not the party of the working man or woman. The Democratic Party is the party of the elite. Let me give you some of these people. Tell me that they're not elite. Bernie Sanders, elite. His wife is able to bankrupt universities in Vermont at will. Elizabeth Warren wants to have a hard scrabble story attached to her. But in reality, Elizabeth Warren, she played a game to get a diversity inclusion and to get a big check at Harvard. Harvard, Yale, Stanford, these are all the elite universities. Sam Bankman-Fried is a prototype Democrat. These are wealthy, elite, effete people. Regular people, normal people, working people. You, me, the folks that get up and go to work every day. You, you are the grassroots of America. In fact, I'd argue Florida man is part of it as well. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Let's talk about Florida Man trying to get uh, dope. Florida Man arrested after package reportedly containing drugs was delivered to a neighbor. This is in Marco Island, Florida, a beautiful place, by the way. A man was arrested in Marco Island, Florida after a package reportedly containing drugs was delivered to a neighbor instead of him. In a news release, the Marco Island Police Department, Ryan Hunter Bluestone, uh, was arrested after his package accidentally was delivered to a neighbor with a similar name. How do you get a similar name with Ryan Hunter Bluestone? I mean, those were three pretty unique. Maybe they thought it was Hunter Biden. I don't know. At any rate, the package was reportedly addressed to the, quote, Ryan family, According to W.I.N.K., according to W.I.N.K., the box had a red envelope inside with a Christmas card. Inside the card, the neighbor reportedly found drugs. The Marco Island Police Department said the neighbors found a white powdery substance and they called the police to remove the package from their health uh, home. MIPD said that Bluestone went to the station to claim the package that reportedly contained the drugs. He was arrested. Never mail illegal drugs to yourself and definitely don't claim them from the police department, said MIPD. No further information has been revealed. You mailed the dope to yourself, you dope? What is wrong with you? Well, that may have been a terrible choice in life, but this was an even worse. Grinch, Florida man, steals Christmas gifts from an Apoka home, police say. I'm sorry, Apopka home a florida man, florida man went and stole gifts from a home on christmas eve what is wrong with you the sanctity of christmas eve violated by a common theft by the way you and i both know come christmas eve there's a lot of people at home this guy's lucky he didn't get ventilated if you know what i'm saying I am Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show. Yeah, I mean, as you see in the report from El Paso, clearly the number of undocumented uh, immigrants is putting enormous pressure on border states and, and border cities. But the idea that busing people in the middle of the night, thousands of miles away and dropping them off on a freezing sidewalk is a serious attempt at a solution 
is kind of ludicrous. I mean, Governor Abbott is behaving more as if he's programming, you know, creating programming for Fox News than he is trying to solve uh, the problem. That is nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, Ronald Brownstein uh, coming out with that l- line of nonsense that he's attempting, uh, the, the governor of Texas is attempting to try to program for Fox News. Look, nobody who gets on a bus and gets transportation to our nation's capital, our glittering, most beautiful city in America, in New York, the city of broad shoulders in Chicago and the city of the angels, Los Angeles. Although, wait, we never seem to send any of the migrants to California where they could actually enjoy the blessings of Gavin Newsom land. Wait a minute. Hold on. We're not shanghaiing people. We're not drugging them and putting them on a bus and sending them someplace else. We are asking them if they would like to go to the nation's capital, and they say yes. They say, yes, I want to go to New York. Yes, I want to go to Chicago. Okay, that's not totally true. I don't know anybody who would say, yes, I want to go to Chicago under almost any circumstance, except for being like, you know, early June and baseball season is happening. That's kind of a fun time to be there. But the fact of the matter is we are not shanghaiing people. We are not knocking them over the head, putting them on a bus, and sending them, you know, someplace else. There is only so much capacity space-wise down on the southern border. you got four or five million people that have come in since Biden's president. I mean, they got to go somewhere. Remember the midnight flights that they were taking the kids up to Westchester County, New York? Hi, I'm Brett Witterbull. I'm in for Dana Lash on The Dana Show. Um, it, this, this, is, this is a lie. This is misinformation. Holy cow, Ronald Brownstein, you're engaged in misinformation. You could go to jail for that if the Democratic Party has its way and is able to pass a law that criminalizes misinformation. Ronald Brownstein, step right up into the dock. We're going to put you on trial for misinformation. Now, that being said, let's hear the real deal. Let's hear the real story about what it is that's happening what it is that's occurring. Whether Here's, uh, cut number nine, please. Whether it proves effective, we'll see. But, I mean, it, it's certainly a blunt, it, it, you know, a, a blunt political instrument. Uh, I don't see it as a stunt, but I see it as a way of saying we're desperate down here. We're desperate down here. We, we got we to gotta put people someplace. Where are we supposed to put these people? I do believe because you never hear about the state of California taking in migrants, that should be the next destination. The weather is mild. There's no snow on the ground in Southern California. There's plenty of space in Southern California. My gosh, this is the perfect place to go. I recommend just outside of San Diego. San Diego might be a good place to go. Now, I'm going to hear a lot of blowback from the folks in San Diego. It's a tremendous city, lived there for a number of years, enjoyed it immensely. But the fact of the matter is, it's a mild, nice place to live. You've got communities there that are welcoming communities. Uh, I think I think that's where we go. I think we go to Riverside, San Berdu. I think we go to Imperial County. We go to San Diego. We go up to L.A. I wouldn't go to Ventura. It's a little too cold up there in the in the wintertime. 
But I think these are all legitimate options. These are not stunts. We have to put these people. Joe Biden has sent these people northward. We have got to put them someplace. Where shall we put them? Kamala Harris didn't want to have them anywhere near her naval observatory. They, they, they could have gone to the naval observatory on Christmas Eve. And no, Kamala and Doug Emhoff sat there. Hello? Hello? Is there any room here? Is there any room in the inn? And Doug Emhoff and Kamala probably hit the deck and made sure the lights were out and acted like they weren't home. Despite the Secret Service detachment just standing outside, they're like, oh, no, Dave's not here right now. I mean, that's 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 what they they don't want to really help. They, they don't they can't be bothered. Joe and Jill Biden right now are in St. Croix. No room at the White House. You're not going to house migrants at the White House. You have got a huge lawn secured by a fence. Can you not? Can you not spare a square for the folks? I mean, the, the progressives in the city of Washington, D.C. just don't want to be part of the solution. So these governors are forced to come up with their own solutions. But this is a nationwide challenge. This is a federal issue. This is not Texas, other than proximity to the state, to the nation of Mexico. Texas does not have to accommodate them in a way that, say, North Dakota couldn't, or Oregon can't, or Pennsylvania can't. <laughs> these, these states are all more than capable. Some of them have much stronger infrastructure and the ability to house folks. New York City has millions of hotel, thousands of hotel rooms, not millions. I mean, that's, that's just absurd. But New York, New Jersey, you, you've got... Philadelphia, Boston, Providence, these are all the great first cities of America. Bring them and welcome them to these communities. Why does Texas have to bear the burden? Why does Florida have to bear the burden? Why does Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, New Mexico, have you been to New Mexico? A lot of space, a lot of space, a lot of space owned by the federal government. Uh, have you, have you, been to Arizona? Arizona has certainly borne the brunt of, of this migrant uh, surge. You've seen it in Arizona and you've seen it in Texas. New Mexico, not so much. And California, they've got a wall. See, that's that's the dirty little secret that Governor Newsom never wants to talk about. California's got a wall. San Diego's got a wall down at the border with Tijuana, and the Border Patrol agents are very efficient at repatriating people who decide they're going to come across that border. But Texas doesn't get that consideration, and, and, and that's, that's a shame. And that is in large part because Texas is on the radar of the federal government as being a place that they don't respect, the federal government doesn't respect, they, they view Texas as an impediment, they vote the wrong way, uh, they do all these sorts of things, it's very conservative, they have a culture down there where they think that they're a country still, they get, we have to teach them a lesson. If Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, if Alejandro Mayorkas, Doug Emhoff, First Lady Jill Biden 
Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, if they all want to take these folks in, they should speak up. But why the silence from the loving, caring, progressive left? Why do they turn their backs when the knock at the door comes to their home? I'm, I'm not even asking Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi to take them in. You have an amazing vineyard up in Sonoma. I mean, you have tremendous land. You own all that property. You don't use it. It's going to waste. House these people. Do what's right. Progressives need to show their values that they value people coming into this country. You know, the progressives get upset about this, but these are not all people from Central America or Latin America. These are people from 150 different countries, perhaps a country or five that you actually like, since you clearly don't want to help migrants that are coming up from South America, Central America, and Mexico. That's all we're saying. Live your values. Live those values. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. And I am Brett Witterbull on The Dana Show. It's uh, great to be with you. A very Merry Christmas and early Happy New Year. I'll be with you for the next couple of days as we uh, march towards the turn of that calendar and I'm, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, uh, right about this time, I start to look forward to summer. I'm like, I get to New Year's, and then I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. What do you say we just get right into summer? Uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now, but certainly still enjoying the Christmas cookies and all the treats as well that my, uh, my, my beautiful wife uh, made for me and my kids uh, during, the, uh, during the holiday. President Biden has built the most significant legislative record of any president since Lyndon Baines Johnson. That is a tweet that came out of the White House, which means they believe it. Wait a minute, hold on. Is that misinformation? Can we file a suit uh, against the White House for the misinformation? Let's, let's take a deep dive into this. Let's see some of the stuff that Joe Biden is being credited with having done that got him the trip to, you know, St. Croix. Man, it's just it's really awesome stuff over there. Um, Jack Lombardi notes... Executive orders that killed American jobs is nothing to brag about. You've also got, you've got to hand it to Joe. Your rate of destruction of our republic is unparalleled. You've killed the republic. Be proud. I don't think he's killed the republic. I, I think he's done a lot of damage. I think he's run up a lot of debt. I think the inflation is going to be with us for years. But th- th- this, is, this is a real problem. This is a... This is... This is a real problem, as uh, Jeremy noted uh, in the Twitter, in the Twitter post. Not a president to compare yourself to. It's like saying, just letting you know, I did you in as much as Woodrow Wilson. These are all totally legitimate concerns. But I worry, I, I worry in a huge way about one particular aspect of comparing this to uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And what I worry about with that comparison is, quite simply, the idea that we're not a year into this war between, let's be honest, NATO and the Russians. 
with the Ukrainians doing the 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 largest part of the fighting. I, I am not totally convinced that President Biden is going to commit American troops uh, into this conflict at some point. Then he really could end up looking like uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. I mean, that, that, that could easily be Lyndon Baines Johnson by committing um, American troops to fight a war that Ukrainian boys and girls should be fighting. Th- then we would have a real crisis if we end up uh, putting boots on the ground there. And you know, you know, President Biden has never been right on a single strategic issue since he's been in Washington, D.C., and that's not me saying it. That's not me saying it. That's Bob Gates saying it. The former head of the CIA, former Secretary of Defense under Biden. Remember, it was Joe Biden who famously bragged that he told Barack Obama not to kill Osama bin Laden. We got to try one more thing. What one more thing? Got to try one more thing, and then maybe then maybe you can try to kill him. No. Barack Obama had the good sense to say, you know what, we're killing the guy. Sorry, Mr. Vice President. That's why I got the big boy pants. DeSantis... And his request for COVID vaccine probe has been denounced by health experts. Of course they are. Of course they denounce it. Why? Because he's going to get answers to questions from physicians and public health experts. They're saying his request betrays decades of established procedure designed to ensure the safety and efficacy of vaccines and only serves to stoke further immunization fears. Translation? Misinformation. That's why Ron DeSantis can't do this investigation. However, this is exactly why Ron DeSantis must do this investigation, must put these people under oath, must make them testify in a grand jury so we know what the real story is. The best disinfectant is sunlight. And the most important thing we can do is to get the proper information out so that people don't get the misinformation. I prescribe a quick five. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right. Election denier supreme Jamie Raskin says the Electoral College is a danger to the American people. In an interview that was conducted over on uh, Deface the Nation, uh, you have a, a comment from Jamie Raskin saying we've got to get rid of the Electoral College because we have to vote for people and determine it by the popular vote. Well, if that's the case, then you'll be able to win the presidency of the United States with a combo platter featuring New York, New Jersey, Chicago, California, and then maybe a couple other, uh, Illinois. You get all those states going your way with just the popular vote, you could find yourself pretty easily becoming the president of the United States while really representing only the interests of those four or five states. Democrats are proposing to criminalize misinformation. We told you about that earlier in the program. That's a huge deal because if they can criminalize information, they can control speech. It's a violation of the First Amendment, the part where you actually have the right to public expression and uh, redress of grievances. Poor Nancy Pelosi, in her last days as Speaker, she attempted to salute the folks who celebrate Kwanzaa but she said it in a really terrible way. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, wishes everyone a happy Schwanza. She called it Schwanza. Come on. Enough already. Can't we trade you in for a prospect to be named later? 
The migrant buses stopped at Kamala Harris's house in D.C. on Christmas Eve, uh, and uh, she refused to let any of them in. And oh, by the way, while we're at it, important to note, 63% want the FBI's social media activity investigated. Censorship, tyranny, and uh, that sort of stuff is not welcome in any place that we want to live, folks. We are the land of the free because of the brave. And we cannot have our interior ministry telling us what we're allowed to know and not allowed to know. We have the right to hold opinions and to express them even when they're inconvenient, uncomfortable, or touchy. Speaking of touchy, we'll get you an update straight ahead. What can that mean? We'll talk about it. I'm Brett Witterbull. This is The Dana Show. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. And the the not so good news is that there's a commensurate rise in the in the COVID nineteen cases, and it's not just the rise in cases, but also hospitalizations are going up, as you point out. And we have some new variants in play. So I, I call them the Scrabble variants because they use high value Scrabble letters like X, B, and Q. So there's BQ1, BQ1.1. Mm. And what we're seeing in New York is somewhat unique. We're seeing this variant called XBB, which is now about half the isolates uh, in New York, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Okay, that's uh, Dr. Hotez uh, talking about the, uh, the new variants of COVID. What year are we in, in COVID now? I'm trying to, uh, let's see. It started in 2019. We got hit in 20, right? So we got hit in 21. We're being hit in 22. So we're either three years or four years into it, depending on how you want to count. That That's, that's insane. That is insane. And we continue to use this as the excuse for everything. Have you been following what's going on in China with their COVID approach now? Because remember, they had these insane lockdowns. They, they, they were doing COVID zero, which meant they were not going to open the country up until they had zero cases of COVID. And now I think I, the last number I saw this morning was like super early over on Bloomberg. I think they said they have like 37 million cases of COVID, active COVID, like where people are sick. You understand why they have that, right? You understand what's driving this is the fact that they had everybody in lockdown where they pushed it to the brink of riots. There were like riots three weeks ago. Xi Jinping had to finally get his people together and say, listen, we can't keep all these people in lockdown. They're going to have to catch it and deal with it and process it and all that sort of stuff. For the most part, that's what we've done in the United States. And so now... Now these epidemiologists and these doctors come out and they get all excited. Oh, these are the uh, Scrabble, the high Scrabble value uh, COVID variants with the Qs and the X and the Z and the. The only people that are excited about COVID continuing to challenge us are people who are fearful of you having freedom. And it's, it's that simple. I don't know anybody who walks around going, I hate vaccines. I don't take any. I hate all the vaccines. The vaccines are all bad. Everything's bad. Rickets, uh, you know, uh, uh, the measles, mumps, rubella. It's all terrible. stuff. these are caricatures that are created by people in the cable news channels that 
benefit from you being scared 24 7 365 if you ask the average person who was most vulnerable with COVID, you know the answer because you watched what 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 andrew cuomo did locking up all those old people who died and whitmer witless over there in michigan she she had these people all locked up and they died and they were elderly or they had underlying issues or they had other things like that there is a constituency i'm telling you it's so disturbing of people who i'm not going to say that they're rooting for covid but they're sad that it's going to go away at some point and it's not going to be the center of their lives there are people like that many of them are in the media many of them are in um uh, cable television and things like that and it's like guys it's, it's over we we defeated the germans and the japanese in world war ii in less time than we've had this COVID stuff and we've deployed everything against it one of the things that has me hot hot under the collar is this new phenomenon that's taking place all around the uh the country we had it right here in north carolina it's now happened in washington state substations power substations being attacked by terrorists who want to knock the power offline now you can tell because i'm reading nbc news that it was vandals that attacked it in north carolina you had people shooting at the substations and destroying a couple of substations that cut power to like 40,000 people in Moore County, North Carolina. So this piece that they write up, four substations attacked in Washington State, leaving thousands without power. Power appears to be restored to many of those who were left in the dark after electricity infrastructure in the Tacoma area was vandalized. Just call it terrorism. Just call it terrorism. Four electricity substations in Tacoma were attacked on Sunday. The Pierce County Sheriff's Department described the early morning attacks on two Tacoma Public Utilities substations with a Puget Sound and a Puget Sound area facility as acts of vandalism. It's not. It's, this is terrorism. If, if this was a, an oil refinery, you'd call it terrorism. If this was a chlorine factory, you'd call this terrorism. You wouldn't let this slide. So now what do we have to do? We have to harden our infrastructure. We have to put cameras out. You have to watch all the security. You got to do all that sort of stuff. You got to be able to track these people down. And I'm not optimistic that we're going to catch any of these people. And I'm going to tell you why. We still can't catch the guy that murdered the, the four kids at the, um, at the University of Idaho. We still don't have any information on that, or at least nothing public. And yet, just just to kind of cross-pollinate here for a second, we're supposed to believe that the FBI, the DOD, the CIA all have the ability to stop plots, thwart plots, the border is secure, all this kind of nonsense. Do you know what kind of luck we're riding on in so many of these systems? And again, they'll tell you the system failed. Well, the system failed. We're coordinating. Like, here's, the, here's the quote from, from somebody uh, at Puget Sound Energy. We're coordinating with authorities on suspected acts of vandalism at two of our substations. Both incidents are under investigation and no further details are available. 
PSA, PSE, has extensive measures to monitor, protect, and minimize the risk to our equipment and infrastructure, except that 1,200 people lost power. System failed. No, the system worked exactly like it is, like it's supposed to. And that's what you get from the folks who, who want to continue to keep control over your life. All we have to do is get rid of the guns. All we have to do is take your gun that you own legally from your home. All we have to do is red flag you. All we have to do is Baker Act you. All we have to do is we can keep everybody safe until we can't. Government is two things. Money and force. That's all government is. Government has money and they have the ability to put you in jail. That's all it is. They, 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 can't, they can't get rid of um, COVID. They, they can't stop a, a terrorist attack until they deal with it afterwards. There's a number of things government cannot do. The two things government can do, deny your freedom by arresting you and jailing you and money. They, they, can, they can outspend you. They can bribe foreign leaders. They can pay for all kinds of nonsense. Just look at Twitter. It's really all it is. And yet, consistently, we hear these narratives where, well, yes, we blew it on that one, but we have the money to fix it and make it better. Sure you do. Our money that you're going to spend for your own designs and then tell people how smart you are. Look what we did. We hardened the system. Until the bad guys go and probe another vulnerable place, then it'll be a different conversation entirely. Or it won't be. Or it won't be. One of the things I always wonder with these sorts of circumstances is why it is we don't have a tip line before the bad stuff happens. If you know of somebody looking to do damage to the electrical grid will pay you up to $300,000 for the information. Yeah, I know, we're creating a nation of informers. But really, that's all you've got. Money and power. Everything else is the challenge. And it's awfully hard to predict a black swan event. But I think it's now fairly safe to look at what happened a month ago in Moore County, North Carolina, and now see what happened in Washington State a month later. I think there may be a pattern evolving. What do you think? <laughs> it's remarkable. Well, who could know that somebody would attack a substation? Well, those people over there did. Well, maybe we should look at this. Maybe you should. And maybe you should Google this. Substations shot up in Northern California about a decade ago. Sounds familiar. Where have I heard that? It's ridiculous. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I am Brett Witterbull in for Dana on The Dana Show. Great to be here with you. Uh, New York Congressman-elect George Santos has apparently admitted to being a liar. This is coming out just in the last, oh, geez, 25 minutes posted up here. 
After a week of total silence, New York Representative-elect George Santos admitted to a laundry list of lies, ranging from his education, professional background, property ownership, and religion. What is left? Maybe sex orientation? What, what, what is left? Education, professional background, property ownership, and religion. Santos, who was elected in November to represent residents from Northern Long Island or North Long Island and Northeast Queens, was confronted by the New York Times with several falsehoods. Quote, my sins here are embellishing my resume, he told the New York Post in a Monday interview. These are some of the lies. Graduating from college. Claiming he worked for Citigroup or Goldman Sachs. That his family owns a real estate portfolio of 13 properties. He admitted today he's not a landlord and that he's Jewish. I never claimed to be Jewish, he told the Post. I am a Catholic because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background. I said I was Jewish. Really? Santos also acknowledged owning th- owing thousands in unpaid rent and despite being openly gay, A years-long marriage he never revealed. Quote, I dated women in the past. I married a woman. It's personal stuff, he told the Post, adding that he's okay with my sexuality. People change. Mr. Santos acknowledged that a string of financial difficulties had left him owing thousands to landlords and creditors. He failed to fully explain in interviews how his fortunes reversed so significantly that by 2022 he was able to lend $700,000 to his congressional campaign you're not i mean if you're not paying rent then you might be able to save some money but you still owe the rent money don't you mr santos also firmly denied committing a crime anywhere in the world even though the times had uncovered brazilian court records that showed that mr santos had been charged with fraud as a young man when he was caught writing checks with a stolen checkbook he says i'm not a criminal Not here or Brazil or any jurisdiction in the world, he told the Post. Absolutely not. Except court records show that he confessed to the crime and was charged, but the case was unable to move forward because authorities couldn't find him. Santos says he graduated from Baruch College in 2010 before working for Citigroup and went on to Goldman Sachs, which made its way into his biography on the National Republican Congressional Campaign website, which also included a degree from New York University. What about it would be easier to make a list of what about this guy was like true. The the untrue stuff is massive. Now, this is this is just a weird story. I mean, it's look, there's plenty of hucksters in politics, right, that make up things about themselves and, you know, claim certain things. And I mean, Gary Hart once upon a time told uh told the press to follow him and they caught him on the monkey business boat remember that with uh with his girlfriend i i think i know i think i know how i could offer if i were a lawyer having to defend santos i'm not a lawyer but if i could channel my inner my cousin Vinny on this i think i could i think i could lay down an affirmative defense for him here's what it is What if he has biographical factual disorder? M- meaning, 
he truly believes that he's a wealthy guy who went to NYU and he truly identifies as a banker for Goldman Sachs. If he believes that, that's his truth. Who are we to, to judge him if he really believes he's a banker? If he really believes he's a landlord? If he really believes all of these things? I mean, have we not been told, again, I hate to bring it up, but the my truth narrative? This is my truth. Well, he's still going to take the oath of office on January 3rd. This is uh, it's a difficult situation. I think he should just come out and give a speech and say, I identify. As, I mean, it's, work, it's, it's worked for other people in the past. Rachel Dolezal. Like a lot of people identify as something that they're not. And then maybe he can just say, well, I'm identifying as these things. I'm sorry. You have to accept my, my reality. I have a $5,000 suit, and I identify as somebody who once may or may not have gotten a bonus from an investment firm. I mean, I, I believe I got a bonus. I believe I worked for them. I was in the building. I went in the building one time. That's enough for me. I can't, I can't believe we can't really do better, like just kind of broadly speaking. We need people who are, who are going to be people that you can kind of acknowledge. But here's the deal. Folks, you anybody can run for office. But you know what I'm perplexed by in this whole story most of all about this guy? How the heck do you look up Brazilian criminal records? Like, doesn't that feel a little CIA-ish or NSA-ish or somebody in the FBI say we're going to take this guy down a few pet? How do you know? Like, would you know where to go get criminal records out of Brazil? I would have no idea. I, I, I don't know who you'd ask. You'd have to read Portuguese, right? You'd have to be able to communicate in Portuguese. That's the official language. You, you'd have to be able to know where the records are. You'd have to know that he was there at X number of years ago. Could this be some more collusion between the New York Times and, 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 and maybe the Intel community? Kind of leaking on this guy? Remember, McCarthy's got very thin margins here, folks. All they have to do is knock a couple of people out of the box, and they might be able to pull something off. Do I put it past the dirty trickery of the politics in D.C.? Heck no. Not now, not ever. I think there's a lot to this, and it's going to be curious. I'm wondering how many people are going to focus in on that. that where'd you get the Brazilian criminal records? This isn't like going to Queens or going to Seattle or going to L.A. or Miami and getting records that you can just quick search. You had to know exactly where to go and how to deliver the goods. Perhaps something will emerge overnight. I'll be back with you again tomorrow and then on uh, Thursday as well. Thanks so much to Steve for working with me today and to Dana and each and every one of you. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to The Dana Show.